Good morning again. Welcome uh, to the together today in the house of the Lord as we worship together. Uh, I just want to want to remind you of a couple of things. How many of you know what I need to get by today? General convention and general assembly. Quite a few of you. You know, this, uh, this week marks the beginning of an important time uh, for the Church of Nazarene. Normally, every four years, although thanks to the pandemic, I look forward to the day when we don't have to use that phrase anymore. But thanks to the pandemic, it's been six years since the, the Church of Nazarene gathered together with representatives from around the world for our general conventions and our general assembly. And all of that begins this week. And, and, and I share that with you because I realize for many of us, life will just kind of go on as normal. But just be in prayer for that. If you don't even know how to pray for that, just offer it in prayer to God because God knows what to do, right? I also want to let you know that as you pray for that, you can pray for some of our folks. Our church is actually very involved in the Christian tradition. Cheryl Lyson has been working in the general secretary's office, and so she's been very busy preparing for this time, uh, and we're being in the for this. We also have several representatives from our church. Uh, Pastor Billy and Gracie Air are both representatives of the, for the, the National Youth International at the NYI Convention, and Pastor Mindy is a representative for so, please be praying for those from our congregation before this time again. Speaking of Pastor Mindy, I wanted to mention that two weeks from today is the last Sunday we have together with Pastor Mindy and the Lord. As we're going to be moving to Anchorage, I think many of you know that. So, following service, two weeks from today, we're not going to have Sunday school. We want to set aside a little time. We'll honor them in our service, and then just a little time to celebrate with them. We'll have some food. There'll be opportunities to get with the farm or whatever, to take pictures. I know it's Father's Day, but I invite you to just take a few moments to join us together with them on that Sunday as well. And certainly, we want to be in prayer for the Alzheimer's family. And so we are going through this season of transition, and we'll continue as well. Sound good? Well, uh, congratulations again to our graduates. As I was watching uh, the video earlier, I realized that especially for a couple of our college graduates, I've been here long enough now to see a graduate from high school and also college. Uh, and then that made me think about those kindergarten graduates that we're going to blink and then they're going to be back up here again. So, uh, you know, it's been an exciting time. Uh, graduations are an exciting opportunity. They they open up doors to new parts of life. Newness can be an exciting thing. Uh, newness can also be a terrifying thing. It can be exciting and terrifying both at the same time. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anytime there are new experiences in life, it, it, it brings about all sorts of feelings and questions. What is this about? What's, what's the purpose? What's What's the meaning, right? Uh, we're actually starting a sermon series today called Beginnings, where we're exploring some of these questions about what is this about? What's the meaning? What's the significance of it? 
there's another word we could use that means the same thing as beginnings. That word is Genesis. And that's where we're going to spend time together in this sermon series throughout this summer as we, we look at some of the, the beginnings and some of the Genesis of, of, of us here with God. In your Bibles, I invite you to join me in Genesis chapter 1 as we, we read our passage for today. We're going to read a little bit more than we do sometimes, but I promise you it will go quickly. Okay? If you're able to, I just invite you to stand as we read God's word today, beginning in Genesis 1, verse 1. When God began to create heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was it was dark over the deep sea. God's wind swept over the water. God said, Let there be light. And so light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. God said, Let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. God made the dome and separated the waters from under the dome from the waters above the dome. And it happened in that way. God named the dome sky. There was evening and there was morning, the second day. God said, let the waters under the sky come together into one place so that the dry land can appear. That's what happened. God named the dry land earth and he named the gathered waters seas. God saw how good it was. God said, let the earth grow plant life. Plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life. Plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind. And trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind. And God, how good it was. There was evening and there was morning the third day. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will mark events, sacred seasons, days, and years. There will be lights in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth. And that's what happened. God made the stars and two great lights. The larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. God put them in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the dark. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, Let the waters swarm with living things, and let birds fly above the earth up in the dome of the sky. God created the great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swarm in the water, each according to its kind, and all the winged birds, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them, be fertile, and multiply. And fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. God said, let the earth produce every kind of living creature, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife. And that's what happened. God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that falls on the ground. God saw how good it was. Then God said, let us make humanity in our own image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. 
in the divine image God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master them. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything falling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds, and all the trees whose fruit produces its seed within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything falling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he made, and it was supremely good. There was evening, and there was morning. The heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed. On the sixth day, God completed all the work that He had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that He had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth that they were created. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Can we get back there? You okay? You know, often when we go to this part of Scripture, we have a tendency sometimes to read these verses and ask questions like, how did he get here? How did this happen? Sometimes we, we turn to this opening part of Genesis in an attempt to try to prove God. I just want to suggest something this morning. I want to suggest that God isn't primarily concerned with us trying to prove God. And, and here's why I say that. Because usually when we're trying to prove something, we're, we're trying to help people know that something is true. But knowledge doesn't always result in truth, right? And my favorite example of that reminds us that if knowledge always resulted in change, then how many of us who are here today would eat less, exercise more, and go to bed earlier? Just raise your hand. It's okay. Knowledge doesn't always result in change. I don't think God's primarily concerned with us proving Rather, I think what God wants to do is to invite us to enter into relationship The kind of relationship that has a deep impact in our lives. The kind of relationship that, that in turn is, is demonstrated from our lives to those around us. I think Genesis isn't primarily about answering the questions of how. It's more focused on answering questions of why. Why are we here? Why did God create us? What is the purpose that we have in this life? What is God calling us to do? I think those are some of the things that Genesis speaks much more into than some of the other questions that we might put up there. Let me just kind of paint a few big broad strokes for us that 
we'll see in Genesis uh, during this time together. But the darkest things that we see in Genesis, uh, really, these are, are things that we see throughout Scripture. Some of what we, we realize here in Genesis and throughout Scripture is that God has created out of life. We are here because of God's divine love. God has created us, and God has created this creation that God calls supremely good. But we have turned our backs on God. We have turned our backs on God and taken what God created as good and messed that up, right? But God, He created us out of God's divine love, has not left us to ourselves. Rather, God has sought to find us, to restore us, to redeem us, to make us new. We see this woven throughout Scripture so that by the time we, we come to the end, we realize that the God who is is the God who was and the God who always will be. And this God is making all One of the other things we see in this, we see in Genesis, but we see this throughout Scripture, is that God has invited us to be stewards of God's creation. We see that in Genesis, but then we see that throughout Scripture in other places, this idea that God has invited us to be a part of the work of God. Maybe one of the other places we see this most clearly is in the New Testament, where when Jesus gives us the great command and the great commission, right? When we are taught to go into the world and to share God's love and grace with those who are around us. Because of God's love, God has chosen to invite us to be a part of what God is doing. This is where we get to participate in. And we, and we see that in Genesis, and we, we, we see that throughout Scripture. Let's go back, though, to our passage we read today. We often refer to this as the creation story, right? The creation story. The story is actually kind of a bad word. It actually comes from an ancient Hebrew hymn. This is the creation hymn. This is the creation song. This is the song that, that God's people would sing. In the beginning, God created. That's what they said. You know, we, we all have songs that we sing, right? Songs that go around in our heads. Sometimes we get a song in our head because it has a catchy tune. It can be a good song, or that can be a song that drives us crazy, right? It gets stuck in our head because they're catchy. But there's also songs that we want and often those are the songs that have particular meanings. They remind us of things that are near and dear to us. They remind us of those truths or of those moments that we want to hold on to. How many of you have songs like that? Have words that remind you of moments or truths that, that you hold on to. That's the kind of song that this is here in Genesis chapter. It gives us some of these reminders of things to hold on to as we go throughout the experiences of life. As we go through some of the, the journeys that life that, that life brings our way. And there's, there's three verses in this song that I want to call attention to today. I'm just going to go with the metaphor 
So there's three verses that we find throughout this song we just read a few minutes ago. The first is that God spoke creation into being. Now, if you've ever heard a good story teller tell a story, if they tell a story, it, it creates these images in your mind. You can almost imagine yourself there at the setting as you're hearing this story. Good storytellers can do that. But that's not just a good storyteller. God didn't just tell a story that we could picture in our minds. God's very words brought creation into being. As God spoke, we see light and darkness. We see water and sky. We see the sea separated and land come forth. And we see the, the fish and the birds and the animals and the plants and all of this. God, God speaks reality into existence. And I say that today because I also want to remind us that God's word continues to speak reality to our lives. The Word of God continues to form us, to shape us, to make us a new creation, to give to our lives and to us something that we can never achieve or accomplish on our God's Word continues to form us and shape us today. Amen? In the second verse, what's to do with the fact that if, if God was, was speaking creation into existence, that God brought order out of chaos. And you see this in the opening part of this passage, was the world was this dark, watery mess. And for most of the history of humankind, now, when we didn't have artificial light that we could just turn on with it, darkness represented danger. And water was very similar. Water represented chaos. Everything that went blue at night came from the depths of the sea. That's what we think. And we even see this throughout Scripture. It's so significant. If you look at the, the book of Exodus, as God rescued his people from slavery, as God rescued them from slavery, do you remember how God rescued them? God led them through the very depths of the sea out the other side. And then as Pharaoh's armies were coming, the seas came back together and wiped out Pharaoh's armies. You know what's really interesting about that part of the book of Exodus? Up until that point in the book of Exodus, God's people had never acknowledged God by name. In fact, you know, the first people to acknowledge God by name in the book of Exodus as they start to chase them through the depths of the sea and their wheels get bogged down and the waters come back, they say, Yahweh is fighting for his people. And it's not until all of this happens that the Hebrew people call out to God by name. The reality of water and chaos is also why when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and a storm comes up and Jesus is sleeping, you're like, how can you sleep? We are in the middle of chaos here. There is nothing we can do. And what is it that Jesus does? He tells the wind and waves to die down. And 
And that's why after he does that, his disciples are also afraid. They're like, who is this? Who has power over the world? As we sing this song of creation, we're reminded that we have a God whose word speaks creation to our lives. We're also reminded that we have a God who is greater than any chaos we can ever We have a God who meets us in those places and moments of chaos in our lives. And we can bring order into the chaos that finds you throughout life. There's a third verse I want to put again in this song. It's the verse of Sabbath. We're reminded that not at the end of creation, but the completion of creation is about finding a place this place of rest with God. But it wasn't because, I would say it wasn't because God was tired. All of creation was for this moment, the seventh day, the final day, the completion was for creation to live in fellowship and community. First in Scripture, when we find Sabbath as a commandment, that comes from that Exodus story. As God's people were leaving Egypt, and as God met Moses on the mountain, and God gave Moses the commandments, and one of those commandments was to honor the Sabbath day to the holy, right? Now, we tend to receive that as, as a law or a command that we have to follow. But just think about for a moment how that would have been received by a people who for generations have been slaves. Who have spent their entire lives working seven days a week, being told that their only value was accomplishing the task for somebody else. And if they didn't do what they were told or what was commanded of them, their life was expendable. Think about what a gift it would be to be told that every seven days they could rest, that every seven days they could rest. But their worth was not based on accomplishing tasks for somebody else. Their worth was not on how much they could get back, how many books they could make, how much straw they could gather. Their worth was based on whose they were. That they were children of the living God. You know, those of us who are gathered here today are not slaves in the sense that the Hebrew people. You know, we, we do live in a world and culture that, that seems to suggest that our value is based on how much money we make, or how hard we work, or maybe it's based on comparing ourselves to some sort of curated image that we see on various apps on our phone. And we have to live up to this example. The gift of Sabbath reminds us that our value is not based on anything that we might try to accomplish. Our value is because we are children created by our God. And there's the invitation to rest and renew in the presence of the God who loves us. You know, as we hear this ancient hymn, this song, we're 
We're reminded that in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God spoke creation into existence. That God made order out of chaos. That God spoke life out of death, and that God invited us to be a part of it. And these themes we see woven throughout Scripture. We see that the creative nature of God, and we see this woven throughout all of Scripture. You know, the, the real gift of Scripture isn't that we have the opportunity to read Scripture. The real gift of Scripture is that Scripture can read us. It can change us. It can change us. It can us. And so from that perspective today, I just can't help but think that as we are, are gathered here this morning, there are some who are in new beginnings in your life. To be clear about graduates, to be clear about there's all kinds of new beginnings that we experience in life, right? And in those places where there are new beginnings, you know, the, the call from God is the same to live in fellowship and community with God and your faith. To be good stewards of what it is that God is entrusted to For some of us who are in places of new beginnings, these new beginnings are also merged together with. Chaos. If you find yourself in a place of chaos today, I just want to remind you that the words of this song remind us that we have a God who shows up in places of chaos, who meets us in this place, and who can bring order into the chaos in our lives. The other thing I just remind us today is that. For those of us who just seem so busy, who seem caught up with those patterns and messages of this culture, if we just work a little harder, get things a little better, get everything just right, then things will be okay. Your true worth, your true value comes because of God who loves you. You know, so as we gather today, we're going to just want to pray for us this morning. Our worship team is going to come and, uh, and lead us in a song that, that's new for the year. And I just invite you to listen to the words of this song. This song. And as we do so, to just reflect on, on, on this song that we've heard today. And just to ask where it is that God is speaking into your life. Maybe you're a place of new beginnings. Maybe you need to be reminded that God's word is speaking into your life. Maybe you're in a place of chaos. And you need God's order to come and show up in that place of chaos. Or maybe you just need to rest and be in the presence of one Let's pray together. Lord, today, as we gather in this place, Lord, we're reminded that we are not here alone. That we are not here by accident. That you've seen your creation and you called it very good. And God, as we are here today, I just pray that. You would help us to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Where you are present and working 
in our lives, in our buildings, in our communities, and in our world. God, today, as we gather on this year of resurrection, we are reminded that we don't go through life if you are a God who is with us, if you are a God who is already overcome sin and death, and so God, today, we gather in this place trusting you and inviting you to work in our lives. And so God, now we humbly come before you and pray that you would help us to discern when there is where we need your words of creation to speak into our lives. If you would help us to have hope that you can bring order into the chaos of our lives. And Lord, that you would help us to live in the rhythms for which you created us. To live and dwell in your faithful presence. God, we thank you for your love for us today. In 